Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast, Episode 18. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. As usual, we're going to run through all the scores and highlights over the past week. Today is a frigid Tuesday afternoon in the Toronto area. Snow coming down pretty heavy. Normally, I'll go for a little workout or something before I record the pod. Not so today. Too chilly for that. So, Wanted to start off with the new AP Top 25 rankings that came out yesterday. Of course, the Gonzaga Bulldogs remain the number one team in the country at 15-0. So next up this week, they play San Diego on Thursday night, followed by Pepperdine on Saturday. So San Diego 2-9 right now in the season in the West Coast Conference. Pepperdine 6-7. Uh, The Zags beat Pepperdine back on January 15th, 95-70, so not even close. So don't expect too much of a contest from either of these teams. Definitely not San Diego. Pepperdine, hey, they got some guys. They could give them a run, but expect to see Gonzaga 17-0 shortly. So going back to earlier this week, of course, on Saturday, anyways, Gonzaga hammered Pacific 95-49 behind 22 points from Drew Timmy. And Jalen Suggs with a pedestrian 9 points, but 11 rebounds and 8 assists, so almost a triple-double for the, I believe, College Basketball Player of the Year. I mean, I I keep hearing Luca Garza in the argument, look, nice player, but I just, I mean, when they played head-to-head, it was clear who the better players were, Jalen Suggs, and I'd put Corey Kispert ahead of Luca Garza in the Player of the Year conversation right now. You know, they handled Iowa comfortably regardless of a a decent performance from Garza. But, I mean, when they played head-to-head, Gonzaga wiped the floor with them. So you got to give the nudge right now to one of the Gonzaga guys, whether it's Sugg or Kispert being the player of the year. And, of course, March Madness, as we progress towards that, going to play a big part in uh, who who ends up being the player of the year. Anyways. So also, the only other mid-major team ranked, and I'm puzzled by this immensely, St. Louis. They actually moved up three spots to number 22, they were number 25 last week in the ranking, and they haven't played since December 23rd. So um, it's weird how the AP voters get fixated on certain mid-major teams and completely ignore a whole heap of them, namely Drake and you know Boise State, who are both, by the way, just outside the top 25. Boise, according to the votes, would be number 26, and Drake number 27. But St. Louis hasn't played in over a month now, but tonight they do play Dayton. And that's going to be in one of my betting picks. I will do my betting picks at the end of the pod, as usual. So last one, uh, the pod on Friday went one and one. A little bit of redemption, but uh, and unfortunately, so what I, I had, I picked Louisville uh, over Duke, which of course they covered. And then I had Duquesne losing to St. Bonaventure, which they did, but the spread was four and a half, and the Bonnies only won by four. So missed out on a perfect 2-0 by 0.5. But alas, uh, I've got a couple good games on tap for tonight and as well as tomorrow. So stay tuned to the end of the pod for my betting picks. So some of the scores from over the weekend. I wanted to go back to Friday night where St. Peter's gave the Siena Saints their first loss of the season. So Siena was perfect going in. They lost 68-62, but they did follow that up with a win on Sunday, I think the day after, 47-40. So Siena now 7-1 and still the cream of the crop in the MAC, but the perfect season has been nixed for them. So going back to Friday, a pretty dramatic win for UIC, University Illinois, Chicago. They had a buzzer beater win over Youngstown State. I don't know if any of you saw it, but Kid puts up a three 
and completely airballs, but Michael Diggins there for the tip-in at the buzzer to give UIC the win. So shout-out to my guy Dion Edgem on Illinois-Chicago. Young man, I called some of his games. I actually called a couple of his brother Ryan's games as well, who plays in the CBL, Canadian Elite Basketball League, where I do some play-by-play. And uh, yeah, so UIC now 8-5 and five on the season. Also going back to Friday, Appalachian State beat Georgia State. They beat the back-to-back actually this weekend, 80-71 Friday, and then 74-61 Sunday. So Appalachian State now 12-5 and five and first in the Sun Belt East. That's a team you got to watch out for. Red hot of late, you know, climbing the charts. And, and that's another team that as far as AP voters need to be aware of as far as voting who could be a potential top 25 team in the next couple of weeks, Appalachian State. Definitely going to be that mix. They play Troy back-to-back this week. And Troy having a down year right now under their head coach, Scott Cross. One of my favorite guys. Love him. Had the chance to speak with Scott Cross a couple of years ago when he was the head coach at UT Arlington and very bizarrely let go at the end of the season after a pretty good run. And that was his alma mater. And Anyways, he's got this uh, take the stairs motto where no matter what you do in life, you got to take the stairs. You got to take the, the, you know, the more difficult path and actually kind of lived by that in certain ways. I remember I was working downtown Toronto and every day took the TTC and refuse I refused to take the escalators. A pretty big stairs and I remember I did my back in and for about 10 days I was in agony, but I refused to take the escalator because of Scott Cross's take the stairs motto and uh been pretty influential. So hopefully he can write the ship, but I'm thinking Appalachian State after the back-to-back with Troy this week will be 14 and 5 and looking pretty good. Another team that's red hot right now, North Alabama, a team I haven't spoken about, but I haven't paying attention. They've won five in a row. So back-to-back wins over Jacksonville on the weekend, last weekend. So they're now 9-3 and three and the number one team in the Atlantic Sun. So shout-out to North Alabama, five in a row, man, red hot, heating up, uh, looking pretty good right now. Another team that's looking pretty good right now out in the West Coast, UC Santa Barbara beat Cal Northridge 105-58. So uh, pretty swift ass-whooping. Um, but they're now 10-3. and three. They're tied for second in the Big West behind UC Irvine. That's a damn good team. And I wrote about UC Irvine over the summer, interviewed their head coach, Russ Turner. Played some clips a couple weeks ago on one of the pods, so definitely go look that up. One of the best-kept secrets in college basketball. They are a good program. So also on Friday, I watch most of the Milwaukee versus Cleveland State game. This is what I do with my life, actually. Uh, Cleveland State won 64-53 on Friday, but then they lost. Milwaukee came back to beat them. But Cleveland State, first place in the Horizon League, and they're really good. I mean, it's an older team. They got some men on that team. And when they're on, they're good, but obviously tough to match the momentum. We've talked about the back-to-backs you know, with all these conferences that are playing and how difficult it is for these guys to win back-to-back. But either way, Cleveland State, still the cream of the crop in the Horizon League, 10-5 and right now, and they look pretty good. I, I enjoyed their performance. So on Saturday, Toledo is the team I've talked about the past couple weeks on the pod. They are the number one team in the MAC right now, the Mid-American Conference. On Saturday, they beat Kent State, so they've improved to 13-4. My guy, Marion Jackson, on Saturday had a season-high 31 points. I you know posted this on my Twitter today and got a retweet from the official Toledo account, so thanks for that. Marion Jackson, one of my favorite players in college basketball. If you haven't seen him, senior guard, uh, kid can ball. Like, he is just an old-school baller, love his game. And they play Miami, Ohio tonight. So look for them to be 14-4 and four after tonight. Toledo trending upwards in the mat. 
So in the Patriot League on Saturday, there was the Battle of the Winless. American University, they ended up winning back-to-back over Loyola, Maryland. Both of those teams came into the game winless. Now the Patriot League didn't start until January 3rd or 4th, so a little behind all the other teams. But Loyola, Maryland now 0-4. They're still yet to get off the schneid, but American 2-2 after their two first wins of the season. So another team that's getting hot right now. They started off red hot, cooled off, but the Mercer Bears on Saturday beat VMI 83-80. So they're now 10-4. They've won three in a row and trending upwards in the SoCon. Speaking of a team trending upwards, Montana State 58-53 over Northern Arizona on Saturday. And they're now 9-3, the number one team in the big sky. So watch out for Montana State, man. They're looking really good. Been following them closely. I mean, I'm on their email list, so I get updated every day. So uh, shout out to Montana State, man. You guys are looking good right now. So one of the games I did watch on Saturday, I watched most of the LaSalle game versus Richmond, and LaSalle upset them. 84-78, and Richmond is trending downwards, you know, started off looking to capture some of the momentum from the big season last year, had a bunch of guys declare for the NBA draft laughably, they're all decent players, but never going to get a sniff of the NBA ever, and then decided to come back, so a bunch of guys, you know, hey, look, they're going to play pro in Europe and stuff like that, but nowhere near NBA guys, And uh, but, you know, I think they've been reading their own headlines over the summer and, and how good they are, and Richmond just falling to the middle of the pack of the A-10 right now. I do not expect to see them in March this year. So one team you could see in March, in March out of the SWAC, Alabama A&M. They're 4-0 now after beating Southern 68-58 on the weekend. So Alabama A&M looking pretty damn good right now. Another team looking good out of the Sun Belt, Coastal Carolina. I've talked about them quite a bit on the pod. They're 11-3 after a win over Troy, 70-65. And a team that isn't looking good right now, Mississippi Valley State. So they are 0-13 on the season, and they lost to Prairie View 77-31. So they're just getting, you know, they're getting their asses handed to them. It's not even showing up. Talked about this last week against Southern. They lost by 40-50 against Southern, and here we are again losing by 40 and change, whatever, to Prairie View. And I just don't understand how you can have a Division I basketball team who's that bad. You know, you have the entire world to recruit from. Now, look, I know Mississippi Valley State doesn't have the budget that Duke has or North Carolina or, heck, even Belmont, right? But 0-13, and I I just had a look at their roster, and, you know, whatever. It's guys from all over the U.S., and I think they have one or two international guys. But their head coach is Lindsey Hunter, a guy, hey— and two-time NBA champ with the Detroit Pistons. Guy had a stellar NBA career, man. Lindsey Hunter has forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. But I don't think he's got an eye for talent. When you're 0-13 in the swag, this is year two for him. Second year coaching at Mississippi Valley State, and you're 0-13. You're getting destroyed every week. You know, I talked about, uh, who's it, Delaware State, I think it was. And, you know, still still winless, but they're taking teams over time. You know, they're losing by two or three points there. Their guys show up to play. They got a little bit of fight in them, and they're just, luck's not on their side right now. But Mississippi Valley State, I don't know, hey, luck obviously ain't on your side, but 77-31 again, like, it's just... You just you got to see a little bit more fight out of the guys, and you also need to recruit. You know, expand your recruiting range to Lindsey Hunter. Like, you know, hey, I'm up here in Canada. I've talked about it. The amount of guys that are under recruited up here that are clear Division One players, 
you know, you're ignoring so many pockets of talent, guys internationally, whether it be Europe, you know, Australia, Canada, there are dudes out there that could help you be a lot better than 0-13. So, man, if this is this is one of those you got to look in the mirror kind of issues and uh, straighten it out because that's not getting it done, Lindsey Hunter. The one team that is getting it done. Akron has won four in a row. 79-68 over Central Michigan on Saturday. They're now 8-3, second in the MAC, creeping closer to Toledo. But um, I still think Toledo is going to be the team you'll see in March coming out of the Mid-American. Abilene Christian back on track. They beat Central Arkansas 93-58 after the upset loss to Sam Houston State the week before. So Sam Houston State now number one in the Southland. And Abilene Christian 12-5. But uh, I think they're only 4-2 in conference right now. So plenty of time left in the Southland, though. One team that is running away. Well, I shouldn't say they're running away with it because Eastern Kentucky not far behind in the OVC. But Belmont 16-1 right now after an easy win over Southern Illinois Edwardsville. 114-62 on Saturday. So, hey, don't forget, if you want, go back and listen to episode 17 of the pod. I tell the story of Illinois Edwardsville twins, Shamar and Lamar Wright, who are the sons of Lorenzen Wright, who, of course, murdered back in 2010. And uh, murder went unsolved for seven years. Anyways, turns out his ex-wife was involved, hired someone to kill him. So the twins... You know, their dad Lorenzen dead, and now their mother serving 30 years in prison. I break down that story in episode 17, so please go back and give that a listen. Give it a download. So also on Saturday, Western Kentucky, well, I shouldn't say Saturday, over the weekend, back-to-back -back wins over Middle Tennessee, 82-67, and then 68-52. So in the 82-67 win on Saturday, Charles Bassey, 16 points, 12 rebounds. This is NBA watch Charles Bassey. And then he followed that up with 23 points, 14 rebounds. He's one of the five best players in all of college basketball, mid-major or major conference. I don't care. Charles Bassey is an NBA guy and just putting up huge numbers right now for Western Kentucky. They're looking pretty good. So keep an eye on them. And Middle Tennessee, I wonder what, you know, hey, look, under Kermit Davis, one of the best mid-major programs in college basketball, you know, big upsets. Who is it? They beat? Uh, Michigan State in the tournament second round a couple of years ago. And uh, they've completely fallen off the radar since Kermit Davis took the job at Ole Miss. And uh, that's sad to see because that was one of the better mid-major programs in college basketball. So maybe some changes coming there. Also Saturday, St. Bonaventure. This was one of my betting picks, but they didn't cover 65-61 over Duquesne. Four-point win. The line was four and a half. But the Bonnies now 8-1 and one and looking damn good. Watch out for them in the 8-10. So on Sunday... I watched most of the Albany versus New Hampshire game. Again, this is what I do with my life. Just see at work, so I just put a, you know, the screen on next to me while I'm doing my traffic reports and sit and soak that in. Albany won 83-64. And I was also watching some of the Radford versus UNC Asheville game. Radford won 73-63. They're now 11-7. Number two in the Big South behind Winthrop, who's undefeated at 15-0. So Radford got some work to do, but... um. Pretty nice team. Watched them. They look pretty good. Uh, I still think Winthrop a much better team, you know, via Chandler Vaudrin, who mentioned, you know, possible, well, definitely a pro, possible NBA guy. Let's call him a G League guy for now and see where he can go from there. But um, Radford going to be in the mix uh, in the Big South regardless. So after that, after I watched those games with Radford and UNC Asheville, it was, you know, NFL playoffs were on. So, you know, not, not a lot of football left. Obviously, you know, the Super Bowl now decided, but um, wanted to soak in Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. 
and as well watched a little bit of the Buffalo KC game and turned off the basketball to sit and soak that in. And look, I don't care if you're the most purest of college basketball fans. If you don't want to watch Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, that's, I mean, you're not a sports fan. That's, I mean, greatness versus greatness. It was a great game to watch. I thought Aaron Rodgers choked at the end. I didn't like the Matt LaFleur field goal call when you got fourth and goal, you know, inside the whatever, seven, eight yard line. But uh, epic to watch. And uh, KC, predictably, I thought KC would win by two touchdowns. They did over Buffalo. And so now we've got a Super Bowl for the ages coming up. Can't wait for it. But late Sunday night after the football was done, I did watch the entire, well, most of the game. Anyway, San Diego State, they blew out Air Force. It was, I watched it from the beginning. It was 72-54, never in doubt. It was about eight minutes left when I finally turned it off, gave up. But um, San Diego State, now 11-4, and I'm starting to love those late night, 10.30, 11 p.m. Eastern Mountain West games. I, I get on one of the dodgy streams that I uh, that I get online and uh, sit and soak that in because I'm, I'm a creature of the night. I'm usually up pretty late. Oh, I work till 10.30 usually each nights at my traffic job, traffic reporting job, and then um, like to soak in one of the games after. So a little bit of news. Congrats going out to Garrett Covington of Youngstown State. 1,000 career points this weekend, so never an easy task. I don't care what level of basketball you play. You score 1,000 points in your career. You're damn good. Also, Bodie Hume on Northern Colorado achieved the same feat this week, so congrats to both of them. So one of the things I did want to touch on this week, now I know it's not mid-major, but uh, Coach K going in on a Duke student reporter like enough you know i've i've sort of talked about coach k over the past couple weeks on the podcast and i am tired of his holier than thou you know attitude and this and now duke having a down year he wants to cancel college basketball because he didn't work hard enough recruiting this offseason he doesn't have the players a little content um and yeah so he decides you know duke loses on the weekend over to louisville and the student reporter asks a softball question. Look, could he have asked a better question? Yes. But, you know, Coach K is a professional. You got to learn how to steer both good and bad questions. And he decides instead to attack a student reporter and have a listen to the audio. Check this out. Coach, I'm just curious as to what, what the next step forward here is for the team as you guys move into another week of basketball. Yeah, why don't we just evaluate this game? You know, I'm not into what our next step forward is right now. We just finished the hard fought game. I don't know if like when you, what, what, what's your major? What's your major at Duke? What's your hardest class? Econ. Okay. So say you just had the toughest econ test in the world. And when you walked out, somebody asked you, what's your next step? Uh, you see what I mean? Does that, you have some empathy and, and, you know, just give us time to evaluate this game and then we'll we'll figure out just like we always try to do. So there you go, Coach K attacking, <laughs> uh, trying to humiliate, belittle a student reporter, which is, it's trash. Okay, I, like again, look, I've been to press conferences. I've heard dozens of painfully terrible press conferences. When they had the Hall of Fame Classic uh, up here in Toronto last November, I was there. And aside from the beat reporters, from guys from like Tennessee and St. Bonaventure, you know, they had guys asking pretty decent questions. But there was just local kids here that I don't even know. I, I, you know, the basketball community in Canada, pretty, pretty small. 
and I don't even know who these dudes were. And they're asking question after question and each one worse than the next. And they made the mistake of not having a moderator there to moderate the press conference, which at something like that, I mean, the Hall of Fame Classic, what it was, was three, ga three games back-to-back -back in Toronto. It was like, who was all there? Rutgers, Buffalo, Harvard, uh, Tennessee, Washington, St. Bonaventures, all of them there. And so after every game, it was a lot like the NCAA tournament, obviously not the atmosphere, not quite the same, but, you know, game after game, game happens, press conference, run back out, another game starting, do a press conference, run back out, another game starting. So, and, oh my God, horrible questions. But all those coaches dealt with them pretty comfortably and easy, but Coach K, a supposed pro like that, with an absolute, uh, I, I'm trying not to swear here, but, a bit of a goof move and that and he did it to me so this is the reason why i'm talking about it on the press conference so duke comes up to canada in 2018 obviously rj barrett you know the star freshman and they played three games two in the toronto area one up in montreal and i covered all the games so i was there at the initial press conference when duke landed and i was one of the people you know i got to ask coach k a couple questions and he was fine he was great you know all the mainstream media there it's big the lights are on so of course he's on but then after a couple games, you know, he's playing against Ryerson University, University of Toronto, and then they went out and played McGill up in Montreal. But, you know, obviously not as glamorous. Hey, arena sold out. It was great. But, you know, the not all the big-time media there. And so, you know, I, I was sick and tired of hearing, and I'd followed them around all week. Every single question was about R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Obviously, R.J. from, you know, the Toronto area, Mississauga, which is where they played at, at the Raptors 905 home arena, which they play out in the 905 area code, which is Mississauga, just outside of Toronto, and that's where RJ's from. Obviously, of course, every single question about RJ and Zion all week. So I've been at five press conferences already. I was sick of hearing it. And so finally, in the game against, I can't remember if it was U of T or Ryerson, uh, I think I believe it was Ryerson. So they put in walk-on, Duke walk-on Brandon Besser late in the game. You know, this kid never sees a sniff of the floor. I don't think he saw a single minute the entire season following this. But they put this kid on, and there was a big Duke faithful in the arena. And you could see there's about two minutes left. Everyone on Duke trying to get Brennan his shot, trying to get him a basket. So he goes down, misses his first three, and there was a collective sigh in the arena. Ooh, and then all of a sudden there was this great energy. Everyone, all the Duke fans, rooting for Brennan Besser to get a shot. So finally, you know, misses first attempt, puts one up, hits a three, the crowd goes nuts. And I was like, wow, cool. All right, that's pretty interesting. That was a great little story. Maybe I'll ask about that in the press conference because I'm RJ and zion out, and I would imagine Coach K is. So I decided to ask, hey, here's a guy who's a walk-on. Not really, not too many times does Coach K get even asked a question about him. So I thought I would ask about Brennan and his performance and what that meant. And so this is me asking Coach K, and this is his um you know, bit of a choppy response back to me. So, you know, for every future NBA draft pick you've got on the team, there's guys like Brennan Besser out there. And I thought it was a really cool moment when he hit that three late. Can you talk about, you know, what he's meant to your program? And yeah, what, you what know, it takes I'd rather not like talk that. that much about Brennan. You know, Brennan, you know, let's talk about the guys who played. You know, Brennan has just joined the team again. He's a spirited kid. He's great. And, you know, we love him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd rather talk about Mike Buckmeyer, who was taking organic chemistry all summer and practiced every day and came in and ran the club. In other words, let's talk about everybody. If you're going to single out anybody, you'd single out the two kids you just did. But uh, all these kids really contribute well, and we're proud to have all of them in our program. So there you go, Coach K having a go at me so I could relate to that student reporter. 
And I just thought it was so unnecessary. I was kind of dumbfounded. My mouth was a little open. Like, what? You don't want to talk about him? A kid that no one ever asked you about? And then he starts mentioning guys from six years ago on the Duke roster, whatever. And I, it was just very bizarre. I could see a lot of people, some of the other guys in the press came up to you after and go, like, what the hell was that about? And so, yeah, very weird. But, um, you know, obviously that one didn't get quite the same amount of press as that kid, the Duke student reporter. But I put it up on my YouTube. It's got about 5,000 views on it right now. And it's uh, it's under uh, Coach K doesn't want to talk about Brennan Besser. So go check that out on my YouTube. So we're going to get into my betting picks in a second. Of course, check out undraftedfreeagent.com. Check me out on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Hit me up on YouTube as well. Just type in Chris McKee or Undrafted Free Agent. You'll see you know, hundreds of my videos up there. I'm still working to design the site. I, I kind of got fed up with it. I got it back up, and now the design, the whole setup, isn't what it used to be before, and it's frustrating to me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to leave it alone for a couple of days. It's up. There's content on there. You, you can get all 17 previous podcasts as well as I'm working to retrieve some of my previous articles on players and coaches and whatever. But uh, there's something up there. Go check out Undrafted Free Agent. So before we finish today, my betting picks of the week. So I started off red hot, went through a little bit of a cold streak, one and one from my pod on Friday. So here we go. I got three games today. Hopefully they all play because a couple times I'll give them picks and games just end up canceled. So tonight, Dayton plus eight versus St. Louis. Dayton, pretty good team in the A-10. I've watched them. Jalen Crutcher, this dude's a player. He can put up points. And St. Louis, you know, obviously well, ranked number 22 in the AP. They're 7-1, and one, but they haven't played in over a month. I just think that rust is going to come back to bite them. Dayton's been playing. I watched them play last week against Davidson. Pretty good team. Hey, I, I, I mean, St. Louis could still win the game. I just think it's going to be closer. A team that hasn't played in a month, and you're getting eight points on them. So take Dayton in the points, and uh, I wish you luck. So Wednesday night, these are a couple late games because, you know, depending on when I get this pod up Tuesday. And so that way, at least I know Wednesday people get a chance to listen to this. So I think it's a 9 p.m. Eastern game. Boise State minus one over Colorado State. Now, Boise State, to me, this is almost like an NCAA tournament game for them because if they win, they're going to be ranked. And I don't know when the last time they were ranked, probably a hell of a long time ago, Boise State basketball. But um, so I think their guys are going to be up for it. They've won, what, 13, 14 in a row right now. They are, you can make an argument, they're the best mid-major team in college basketball right now, aside from Gonzaga. Um, they're pretty damn good. Hey, Colorado State, a great team, gritty team. They got fight. They're going to come out and play. But I just think this, this is that tournament kind of game for Boise, winning your ranked. So I think they're going to come out and get it done, Boise State minus one. And then 11 p.m. Eastern, the late one. This is a team that I've watched quite a bit over the past few weeks, also from the Mountain West. Utah State minus five and a half over UNLV. Utah State, a damn good team. They got they got guys all over the floor. The number 15 in the country in defense, and they're also number 23 in rebounds in the country. So this is a team, man, they're pretty uh, – Pretty stiff on defense, and I, I just can't see. I mean, UNLV 6-6, six and six, they're okay. They are a decent team. I have watched them twice this year. Watched them play Davidson earlier. Um, they're good. They got guys. But uh, Utah State 12-5, and five, I just think they're going to run over them. Utah State on a mission, looking pretty good right now. So take Utah State minus 5.5, and, and I wish you luck. So thanks for joining me on the Mid-Major Podcast. Appreciate you all for listening. Downloads looking good, of course. Always posting clips on my Twitter and on my YouTube, a little segment here and there. Go check that out. Go check out a bunch of my previous pods. I'm going to keep them on rolling, and thanks for keeping on listening. The beating of my heart.